over and over again. So glad that He is here. So glad that He's wherever two or three are gathered. So that glad that He's encamped around those that fear Him. Be it one person out in the middle of the ocean. He was there when Jonah cried out to Him. He is wherever the believer is. Because we can cry out and call on His name. Good to be gathered together with you this evening. I want to greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. That is all the singing that we will do at this time. And uh, we will take our Bibles and turn to the Word of God. If you have your Bibles with you there at home or here, wherever you are, uh, take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 is where we will turn to. You haven't seen me here at the church, neither sitting on the platform nor preaching, uh, only because I've been at home and uh, pulling on the Word from home just like you. And so... Uh, uh, 100% supportive of the work that's going on here. The labors of all these brothers, everybody, the ministers that are laboring to get the Word of God to the people. And that's so important in this hour, especially that we live in. We look forward to the day when the, um, what do they call it, regulations, uh, moratoriums, whatever they, word they have for it, when they're lifted and we can all gather together, rejoice together. And if it doesn't happen here, there'll be no restrictions at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. We'll be shaking hands and hugging one another and rejoicing and doing all that sort of thing. Praise the Lord. Amen. And uh, good to be in the house of God once again. Let's just bow our heads together in a word of prayer. If you're uh, here tonight or watching tonight or streaming tonight, wherever you are, let's be real reverent and let's not let this become common to us. Or let us become slack because of the, the, let it not become casual in our minds. So if you have a need, why don't you just hold that before the Lord tonight? He's mindful of it. There's many that have been on our hearts and brothers and sisters in need, physical needs. I'm sure there's spiritual needs. I'm sure there's other needs. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, Creator of heavens and earth, who has called us, Lord, in these last days. Lord, you had thoughts that must materialize in the last day. And we are here. Lord, your thoughts coming into manifestation. Lord, your very uh, predestinated and eternal mind. Lord, becoming a reality, oh God. There's so many things that are just passing through this hour. There's so many things. But out of this age, Lord, you called us to receive the name of Jesus Christ. You called us to receive the life of Jesus Christ. You called us to declare your glory. You called us, oh God, to be your victory. You called us, oh Lord, to walk in a perfect faith. As you have delivered a perfect word to a people in this hour that they might be quickened by it and that it might become a reality to them. Lord, that footstep upon footstep, that precept upon precept, that line upon line here a little, there a little. These people are molded into the very image of Jesus Christ. This is your will, Father, and we yield ourselves to your will. And we say, not our will be done, but your will be done. And so, Lord, as we turn back the pages of your word, we're not looking at the circumstances. We're not looking at the, the, the empty seats, Lord. 
We're looking at the saints that are standing before their God tonight. Saying, Lord, you know me. You knew me before the foundation of the world. You wrote my name on the Lamb's book of life. And you are the discerner of every thought and every intent in every heart. Lord, may you just direct this service the way that you want it to go. May the people pull on you and pull you the word right through the minister. We commit ourselves to you now. We ask it for your glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 1. been thinking on this as I've been thinking on uh, many things for the last little while. been uh, in a message Christ is revealed in his own word. It's been uh, probably a month in that message and, and just so many wonderful nuggets out of there. But uh, as our mind has been uh, just in the Word so much, as I'm sure yours is too. And as every day goes by and events and different things that happen, we can't help but uh, be quickened by the Word that God has sown in our hearts. And that becomes a reality every day as we live. Let me just say it this way. Something has happened in this age. Do we recognize that? Something has happened and we're a part of it. It, we, we might not feel super spiritual tonight. We might not feel like we're on the mountaintop, but something supernatural and eternal has taken place and we're caught up in the middle of it. And we can't help but be influenced by it as we live in this age. And so, so I, I would just say as I, as I uh, minister this thought, as I just try and follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, uh, you'll want to just let the Holy Spirit guide you in your thoughts and make this real right in your life and your circumstances personally. As I minister on a subject of a people in love with the truth. A people in love with the truth or a people that love the truth. Amen. Luke chapter 1 will begin at verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her. Now, let me just stop for a moment. Sorry to keep you standing, but let me just stop here for a moment. So far, there's nothing unusual. Uh, it's a virgin uh, engaged to a man. Of the house of David. Her name was Mary. She probably had expectations for life. She had ideas of what her life was going to be. Maybe with Joseph. And maybe they had plans to have a certain kind of house. And have a certain kind of income. He's a carpenter. And he's going to do certain things. But now she's caught up into something that's different than she ever thought. Though she was a churchgoer. Though she was a believer. She's a daughter of God. It says now... The angel came to her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Amen. The Lord had his blessing to the word. You may be seated. We could read on there about uh, 
uh, who Jesus was and what how this would all unfold as the angel talked to Mary. But I just wanted to focus our minds just on, on these few scriptures. As, as Mary receives this salutation, she begins to... Uh, she begins to realize this is the most unusual thing that has ever happened to me. This is something that, as a matter of fact, the Bible says uh, that Mary cast in her mind. And that the literal meaning of these words being troubled at his saying and casting in her mind literally means that she was disturbed and she began to reason or her mind, the gears began to turn about what she was hearing. She could not find a place where this fit into her own thinking about herself. Like many of us, who am I? That God should call me, who am I? That God should reveal himself to me, who am I? That he came by my way. If I made it personal tonight, I would say, I'm just the son of a bus driver. My mother was a nurse. Nothing special. They were just average people, maybe lower middle class, you might say, or middle class family and nothing really significant about it. They went to church. We went to church, had all kinds of things. Who am I that the message come by my way? And Mary was that kind of a person, just a young, young woman, maybe 16, 17, 18. We don't know. And so she's just young now and she's she's uh, 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 she's receiving this message from the angel. And she's, she's casting it in her mind. The gears are turning. Furthermore, the Bible actually says, you know, being troubled means she was wholly disturbed. We, we could say she was upset and puzzled. Now that's quite a statement. A lot of times when we think of Mary, we go right to the end of the story where she says, be it unto me according to your word. Praise the Lord, what a woman of faith. And she was a woman of faith. But it wasn't something, and I want to get to this this evening, the message of the hour is not something that fits in with your plans. The message of the hour is something that is sovereignly set sent to an age that God can pull you out of your plans and put you into an eternal purpose that he always thought about and you are a part of it. Amen. And so we realize that there's a there's a reality of something. And, and as we speak about this, we have to realize I'm caught up in a very similar situation. All right. Uh, maybe I just get ahead of myself here. But what she accepted was the revealed word for her age. She embraced it as the present truth. Okay. Now, there was many other circumstances surrounding her. The, the nation of Israel, they were grumbling under Roman oppression. They had Roman governors. They had, they did not have freedom, maybe as they had previously known it. They had just come out of a rebellion under the Maccabees and different things and had been suppressed by the Roman, uh, the Roman hierarchy in Rome and all of that. And now they were under, we could say, martial law. They had troops there. They had soldiers in their midst. They had all kinds of things. But in the midst of them all, there was Pharisees. There were Sadducees. Some were saying, well, it means this. And some were saying, it means that. Some were saying, oh, you know, these are what the circumstances are pointing to. But in the midst of it all, God came to a single individual and said, you're a part of my plan. You, I have chosen you. Oh, if we could catch that tonight, where you're at home, wherever you are. I, God is speaking to you. I have chosen you. This message is not another idea. 
This message is not a set of doctrines. This message is not some, some book that you can refer to and say, well, we believe this because Brother Branham said it right here. No, this message is the revelation of Jesus Christ in the hour that we are living in. Amen. It's, it's, I'll amen myself because there's not many amens here. I hope that's okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But you know, this message is a reality of Christ Himself. Amen. It's not, it's not just something, oh, we believe the message. No, this is the reality of Christ come down in this age, poured Himself into this age, spoke through the mouthpiece of a prophet and says, I've come down and I'm choosing you because I have a plan. All right. So in other words, what he's saying to Mary here, he's saying, listen, Mary, you might have thoughts, but I have greater thoughts. I have a greater idea of what I plan to bring to pass in this age. She didn't know it was the time. She didn't know it was the season. She didn't know the Messiah would come on the scene. But God came by her way. God will not lose one. He will not lose you. You don't have to fear and say, oh, well, I gotta be ready. No, he'll make sure you're ready. There wasn't, there wasn't Mary going around saying, you know, oh, you know, I gotta be ready just in case it's me. Just in case I'm the one to bring forth the Messiah. I, I gotta keep myself pure and I gotta watch and I gotta be careful and I gotta do this and I gotta read my Bible and I gotta pray. No, she did those things because she loved those things. Amen. God comes to those that love him. And you don't have to worry. God has a plan. I was thinking about Ruth in this situation. You know, when, when, when it all came to the culmination of the time of the marriage, how that Naomi said to Ruth, now you can just rest because he won't rest until all things be fulfilled. Hallelujah. Don't be caught up in the circumstances. Don't be worried. Oh, where will we have a house? And where will we do this? And what about our jobs? And what about the economy? And what about this? And don't worry. God has his eye on you. God has a purpose for your life. Amen. In the, in the church age book, Brother Brown says it this way about Mary and about this age. He says, notice the harmony of the father and the son. It's a familiar, familiar quote to many of you, I'm sure. He said, Jesus never did anything until it was first showed him by the Father. John 5, 19. This harmony, this harmony is now to exist between the groom and his bride. He shows her his word of life. She receives it. She never doubts it. Amen. Therefore, nothing can harm her, not even death. Hallelujah. Why? Because he sends his word to her. She receives it. She never doubts it. We could say that's the way it was with Mary. That is the way now. He goes on. He says, nothing can harm her, not even death. For if the seed be planted, the water will raise it up again. Here is the secret of this. The word is in the bride as it was in Mary. Hallelujah. The bride has the mind of Christ, for she knows what he wants done with the word. Amen. She performs the command of the word in his name, for she has lots of emotion. No, I'm misquoting. For she really feels blessed. No. For she really knows she's something. No. Says, for she has, thus saith the Lord. That's what she has. 
You see, she has received, thus saith the Lord. Not she, she's not a prophet, but she has received her voice, that is, thus saith the Lord. All right? It says, then the word is quickened by the Spirit, and it comes to pass. Like a seed that is planted and watered, it comes to full harvest, serving its purpose. All right? Now, let's just take a look at this for a moment. The word is in you. Hello, bride. The word is in you as it was in Mary. All right. Now, Mary didn't have to go uh, from the meeting with the angel say, I got to produce a child. I got to produce a child. I got to produce a child. I got to somehow work up enough energy and work up enough experience. And I got to have a certain kind of experience and I got to have a certain kind of something. No, she received the word. She believed the word and she never doubted the word. She goes from there and goes to Elizabeth and, and because the angel had told her, well, your cousin Elizabeth has to, actually is expecting she's about six months ahead of you and she's going to have a child also and he's going to be a great prophet. And, and so she goes and runs off to Elizabeth and, and, and tells Elizabeth, you know, I'm going to have a child. And Elizabeth says, oh, are you and Joseph married? No, we're not married. Well, what's going on? Well, an angel met me and told me the Holy Spirit will overshadow me and I'm going to have a child and I'll call his name Jesus. And when she said that word Jesus, it produced an impact in Elizabeth till the child within her leapt for joy. Hallelujah. What was taking place? This was a supernatural event. This wasn't a doctor's office. This wasn't a hospital. This wasn't a shot of adrenaline. Hello. This wasn't some kind of hormones. This wasn't some kind of something in the natural. It was the supernatural realm that was coming into this into manifestation in this realm. Hallelujah. Light had come to the age. You know, that's why even the Bible we were talking about the other day with a bunch of brothers, how even in the Bible, you know, every every time you see Brother Ram talks about investigating judgment angels, you know, uh, um, strange, mysterious lights, all that kind of things. But when you look through the Bible, most often when something came from another dimension or a dimension that is light into this dimension, it was usually accompanied by a flash of light or a pillar of fire or something. Even Brother Branham, when he was in the cave, the angels stepped out of a bright light. Why? Because he's coming from a light dimension into this dimension. It's a, it's a physical phenomena that said something's moving between the dimensions. And something now is moving between the dimensions. An angel had come and visited Mary with a message. And, and Mary received the message. And it produced a result in this dimension. Amen. It's a reality, saints. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not something that, oh, it's some spiritual hooky spooks. No, it's a reality. Something come from there over to here. Amen. God came down. He sent his angel. He sent the word. And Mary received the word. And the word produced the results. Hallelujah. Amen. So her actions and our actions, because the word's in us, are based in truth as Jesus' actions were. The mind of Christ was revealed to Mary. The mind of Christ is revealed to us. The mind of Christ is come to a people and they love the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. That is the truth. You know, one time the Apostle Paul before he was the Apostle Paul, he was just Saul of Tarsus. Going down the road, he ran into a bright light. 
and uh, knocked him to the ground. And Brother Brown says he knew that that was the pillar of fire. He knew that was the light that led the children of Israel in the wilderness. And he said, who are you, Lord? And, uh, and he said, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. And then he says in Acts chapter 9 and verse 6, says, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will you have me to do? Trembling and astonished. Now you see, his mind has all of a sudden been turned upside down. He had studied at the feet of Gamaliel. He had learned all the theology there was to learn amongst the Jews. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was more learned than many in his generation. He was a great scholar. He learned from a great scholar. He knew the Bible inside and out. But though he knew the Bible inside and out, Brother Branham says, God can hide himself right in the Bible from the smartest theologian. And he hid himself from Saul until that time. But now in a supernatural meeting, he came from another dimension to this dimension to have a meeting with the apostle Paul, who was soon to be so named. And he took him and he he said to him, he says, Saul says, Lord, what will you have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Now, notice that he didn't tell him everything that's going to happen to him. He didn't tell him all about the entire church ages. He didn't tell him about you're the first messenger. He didn't tell him you're a prophet to the Gentiles. He didn't tell him what was going to befall him, how he'd give his life. You know, I want you to witness before Caesar. You see, God doesn't lead that way. He doesn't give you a road map at the beginning. He just says, follow me. Do what I tell you to do, and then I'll give you instructions as you need them. And so he says, now go into the city, and it will be told you what to do. And then God speaks to Ananias, of course, and and says, now, I want you to go down to and pray for Saul. Saul, he says, you know, I don't want to pray for Saul. <laughs> you know, Ananias was a believer. Uh, even you could say a, a prophet in the minor sense of the word. But yet, in, still, he didn't want to touch Saul. Because he knew Saul was putting people to death. And so he was like, no, I, I really want to, uh, you know, just stay away from this guy. But God says, don't worry. I'm going to show him all that I'm, I'm going to do in his life. I got great things in store for him. Goes down and prays for him and says, Saul, you need to rise up from here and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and I'll pray for you. And God opened his eyes and life went on. But I want you to remember when Paul or Saul met with God. He was astonished. He was troubled. It wasn't easy. It was, Brother Branham even says himself, when I met the angel, I was afraid. And he says it wasn't easy. And many times we have to recognize that even in our own lives. If the message comes to you and it's not easy, you're in good company. So Paul could write. That's where Paul could write to the church. And realizing that he writes it to the Philippians, he says, therefore, if there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any bowels and mercies fulfill you, my joy that you be like minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. 
But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Brother Branham says, he says, if you really want to know if you love God, if God says, I want you to be a doormat, then you're more than happy to do that. Whatever God wants you to be, he says, that's how you can tell if you really love him. He says, look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul can understand this because he experienced this. He was a man with ambition. He was a man with drive. He was a man with education. He was a man going places. Then he met God. And then he said, I don't want my own thinking. I want his thinking. All right. And so it's the same in the believer. When you meet God, this becomes a reality. That's why Paul says in Romans 12, Brother Branham says this is subsequent to the new birth. He says, be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. All right. Now, I want to just go to the mind of Christ for a moment here. The mind that was in Christ. So much could be said here. Now, Brother Branham, in, in Christ is revealed in his own word. I'll take a thought out of there. He says, Jesus came, the immortal God dressed in human flesh, because he was born in a manger, in a stable full of manure, not a place to lay his head, born thinkingly, with an illegitimate name tacked to him. And I'll, I'll say it this way. God did not have to do it that way. God did not have to have a woman that, that you know, would, would be maybe suspect with Joseph and different things. And, uh, but God had arranged it in a certain way because it's his way of doing things. I want you to catch that. He says... He says, he come to a carpenter's son, how he had no schooling, more or less in the world. The wisdom of this world, he didn't have nothing to do with it. He says, then he says, none of this world's civilization, education, or anything. He's talking about Jesus. He had not one thing to do with it. Why? He's God. Then he says, it would clash. So I want you to notice that now. He's taken all of the world's science and education and everything. He says, Jesus had none of it because it would clash with the thoughts of God. He says, if he tried to go to a seminary somewhere and learn something that these world's churches was doing, why, it wouldn't correspond at all with his understanding because he was God. All right, so catch that now. He says, education, schooling, seminaries and things is absolutely contrary to the will of God. The whole educational system is contrary to God. Everything teaches away from God all the time. And when I hear a man say that he's a doctor, PhD, LLQ, that just makes him that much further away from God to me. Now, Brother Brown's not talking about medical doctors here. He's talking about theological doctors, uh, learned religious people. He said the more religion you learn, the more of the education of the religious society you learn. He's not talking about uh, being an educated man. He says God calls educated people. He called Paul. 
And so he calls people with an education. That's not what he's talking about. He's not saying that education has no value. But what he's saying is the wrong type of education with the wrong purpose will actually take you away from God. And Jesus himself never had any of it because it would clash with the mind of God. Let this mind that was in you be that was in Christ Jesus be also in you. All right. So I want you to catch this now that that truth we're going to truth. Truth is not an opinion. Truth is not a set of facts. Truth is a person. Truth is God himself. The Bible says the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Full of grace and truth. In John 14, Thomas asked him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest. How can we know the way? How can we know the way? As if the way is the path. That you need a map to go down to this street corner and turn there or turn this way. Or it's seven steps to being a better person. Or something like that. You know, if, if these are the, the laws of becoming closer to God and all of these kind of things. And many people treat the message like that. You know, what are the keys of the message that I can draw closer to God? That's not it. Jesus didn't respond, well, you know, if you read the book of Moses and you learn these things and these doctrines and that kind of... No, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's why the message is not a set of creeds or doctrines. The message is Christ himself revealing himself to this age. It's the person of truth, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ that has made himself known to those who love the truth. You have been birthed by the truth if you have been born again. If you've been born again, you've been birthed by the truth. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. It is supernatural. It is the quickening by the word of God of the word of God. It's which life from the word enters into the believer and truth becomes the center of our existence. We can't help it. We love the truth because we're born again of the truth. It's the very life that lays within you. Jesus said in John 14 further on. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments and I'll pray the father and he'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I will send you another comforter. He's the spirit of truth. As a matter of fact, I am that spirit of truth and I'm living amongst you and I will be in you. Amen. It was truth that was being expressed. Now let's keep going in this subject. So, so we realize then that, that they didn't discover the truth, but, but they had come in contact with the truth, the person of the truth. And we did not discover the truth. We did not learn the truth. We were birthed by the truth. He has filled us with the Spirit. He is our comforter. So truth is our comforter. Oh, what an hour. If there ever was an hour that we needed truth as our comforter. Amen. Because we have to realize in no other time, there's so great a decepting and deceivable time that we're living in that we have to realize if you're not anchored by the truth in this time, you will get swept away by the delusion of this age. 
Be birthed by the truth. Be birthed by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Be birthed by Christ himself. And let him drive all of this, I'll just say, lying spirit away from your life. Because this age is, is full of that kind of a spirit. We have come to a time such as was the time in the days of Ahab when Ahab went to uh, go to battle. And uh, there's the circumstances of the Syrians invading the land. And the people are wondering, what is Ahab going to do? And Ahab sends for Jehoshaphat, and they're going to join forces, and we're going to combat this thing, and and we'll uh, we'll fight against it. And so uh, he calls his 400 prophets around him. But meanwhile, there's something else going on in another dimension. There's something else going on in heaven. And there's a conference in heaven, and God says, God says now, my prophet Elijah has spoken. We must get his words to be fulfilled. I'm paraphrasing. But God says, how shall we get the words of Elijah to be fulfilled? And so now a lying spirit come up. Talk about the Bible says, you know, how Saul, you know, how Saul was afflicted by an evil spirit sent from God. Well, here's an evil spirit that God is going to send down into the mouths of 400 prophets. And so you see, God does use devils sometime. To deal with people that are backslid or away from God. And so God now sends, says to this lying spirit, the spirit says, God says, how are you going to do it? He says, I'll go down and get into the mouths of those 400 prophets and become a, and, and get them to prophesy a lie and that will take Ahab out to battle and that'll cause him to be killed according to the prophecy of Elijah. Now that's an amazing thing. And when you think about the details of it, but they were, they were all prophesying to, now let's go back to earth. They're all prophesying to Ahab and to Jehoshaphat says, go on up, take these iron, iron horns. And with these, you'll be victorious. You'll drive out the Syrians from the land. It's in the word of God. That's our land. We possess the land. Go on up. And, and, and you know, they were, they were just 400 all in agreement together. And it was all a lie. Hello. It was all a lie. There was none of it that was truth. It was, but it was all for a purpose that the truth would be fulfilled. And so Elijah has said the dogs would lick the blood of Ahab in the field of Naboth. And so now God looking at it to be fulfilled, it's now beginning to unfold. But yet in the midst of all that, God is a merciful God. And one Micaiah that's staying with the message of the hour or one man that sees the truth of it all. And so as he, they call him and Jehoshaphat wants to hear from somebody else, then, then Micaiah comes and they all tell Micaiah, look, everybody else has said that it's going to be victory for the Israelites. You might as well just say the same thing. He says, I'm not going to say anything unless God has said it. He says, I love the truth. Amen. There's nothing but truth in my agenda. You know, uh, let me just stop here for a moment. I think a real believer, truth is their agenda. You know, it doesn't matter how much it hurts. Truth is important. But I do want to say, especially to the young people that are listening, the pressure on this age is that telling a lie doesn't matter. 
And there's, lies are prevalent everywhere. In the educational system, on the job, you find it in politics, you find it in medical science, you find it everywhere. My goodness, if the, listen, let me just say it this way. There are no experts. It's who's the best bluff, really. In this hour that we're living in, it seems like they go this direction and they're wrong and they go that direction and they're, well, we thought, you know, or we thought this. It's because there's a spirit of lie. There's nothing sure in this age because the the spirit of this age has taken away the absolute. And the absolute is the word of God. And they've taken that away and say, well, there's no right and wrong. So really there's no truth and truth is objective. And that's why I said truth is not an opinion. Truth is not a set of facts. Truth is a person. It's the mind of God revealed in this hour. That and that alone is the truth. And if you are birthed by the truth, you will want the truth in every facet of your life. Don't ever let the devil and a lying spirit creep into your life. And if he has, get him out. Get on your knees, get on your face and repent. Because you need to get away from the spirit of the age. Because you'll see in a moment just why we're going down this road here. So he says... So they're, they're in this battle now and they're, they're dealing with truth. And Micaiah, he's tapped into the truth. And, and, but the 400 prophets had succumbed to a lying spirit. Now, as I said, you can't get truth anywhere else. You can't in this age get truth outside of the message. That's going to be hard for some people to swallow. You cannot, if it doesn't line up with the message, it's not the truth. It's just that simple. You know, the Bible says in Second Thessalonians 2, we all know the scripture, how the devil will come with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. It wasn't how much they knew, it's what they loved. And so they didn't receive the love of the truth that they could be saved. And for this cause, it says, God shall send them strong delusion. That's right now all around us. Strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Listen, righteousness is of faith. Abraham believed God and God accounted it for righteousness. So unrighteousness is unbelief. When a person doesn't believe, that's unrighteousness. And all these false baptisms, all of these things that people say, well, it doesn't really matter how you live. It's all grace and it's okay just to partake of the worldliness. It's not okay. It's a lying spirit that came to Eve and said, God really won't kill you. I'm going to tell you, God's going to kill this generation. Oh, that might not be politically correct. Oh, he's a good God. Oh, you know, uh, God is a God that loves everybody. Listen, he loves everybody, but he hates sin. And God is going to destroy sin. And if somebody is holding on to sin, they're going to get destroyed. Oh, my, I'm just preaching it hard this evening, aren't I? But this is a reality. There's a lie and a strong delusion in this age. Run away from it. Run to the truth. Be in love with the truth. Love the truth with everything that's within you. Thou shalt love the Lord your God, who's the truth, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your heart. Everything that's in you, just love that truth. Oh, my. So a lying spirit had got into these prophets in the religious. And we see now 
Even there's spirits that are moving in this age in the religious, the ecclesiastical, demonic realm, all kinds of things. Brother Branham picks it up in Anointed Ones at the End Time. He talks about this in several places, but really zeroes in on it in Anointed Ones at the End Time. Let me just pause for a second here. Let you absorb what's been said so far. Let the brothers in the translation booth catch up. <laughs> Sometimes I had a sister talk to me. One time speaks another language. She's from another place. She happened to come by visiting here. She said, Brother Tim, that one service where you got to talk and you said, you know, your, your words cannot keep up with your mind. She says, well, my interpretation could not keep up with your words. <laughs> and so I'm sorry if I get to talking too fast for people that are in other languages. Praise the Lord. Anointed ones at the end time. Brother Branham picks up on this lying spirit. He talks about Moses and uh, the, the, how that Pharaoh and the Egyptians wanted to prove that Moses wasn't the only one that had the word. They could do everything just the same as Moses could do. And why did God let this thing happen in the last days? All right, the last days now. So the same thing as the lying spirit to Zedekiah. That's with the leader of the 400 prophets, Zedekiah. He says, how are we going to get Ahab out there to make these things come to pass? How is we going to see, how is he going to get these people trusting in their churches to get out here to let this thing come to pass that he predicted in this Laodicean church age? Now he brings it right up to the present. Because thou art rich and have need of nothing. Knowest not that you're miserable, blind, wretched. He says, and I counsel thee to buy, come buy of me oil and gold, he said. Why did he do it? Why did he let this impersonation rise up in the last days? When these things are coming to pass by the true word of God. Let impersonators come up and the same thing and deny the true word of God. He says... The Bible said that it'll repeat again at the last days. And here we are. What's repeating? A lying spirit. What's re and why is it repeating? To bring to pass the prophecies of this age. And so there must be a prevailing spirit on the age of lying to bring to pass the prophecies. He says, did Moses fuss at them? Say, here you can't do that. I'm the only one ordained to do that. Here you stop right now. He just let them go. Let them go on. Remember the Bible said, and their folly was made manifest. And so will these in the last day be made manifest when the bride is raptured and taken into the sky. Hallelujah. Why? Because she loves the truth. All right. It's not about now. I'm, I said I wasn't going to preach on this virus tonight. And I'm not going to. But it's not about a virus. That's not what's going on. It's not about a virus. Coronavirus, COVID, whatever you want to call it. That's not what this is about. What's happening is that the people's minds are being formed by the things that they're being encountered. Because Brother Branham, listen, Brother Branham in 1960 talked about plagues and diseases diseases, things that, that would eat the flesh and rot the flesh and those kind of things. But after the opening of the seals, he began to identify that the plagues is actually in the mind realm. That is actually 
people's imaginations will mix with their reality. Talk about augmented reality. And they, 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 they will come into a place in their minds that they can't tell imagination from what's real. And Brother Branham says it's caused by what they're feeding on, on televisions and such things. All right, now if that's the truth of what's happening in this age, then let me just say this. What is happening to the people's minds right now as they're forced to stay in their homes and stare at their televisions and things? It's going to rot their brains and cause insanity that much faster in the people. But why is it happening? It's to bring to pass the prophecies that are spoken for this age. Amen. But there's a people who have, who have come to the reality of the truth. That's all I'm going to say about that. There's a people that have come to the reality of the truth like Mary had. That though it was entirely different from what they were preaching in their age, what they were believing in their age, what they were understanding in their age, that now the word came to her personally to tell her, you are the fulfillment of prophecy in this age. You are the reality of my word made manifest. I've come down. I've chosen you. You are highly favored before God. You are the beloved of the Lord. Amen. You are the one that God has chosen. You are the one in whom he's going to express his thoughts, which he has down through every age. It's been hidden in the civilization, in the education, and all the things of man-made ideas down through the age. But there's been an elect in every age that God has put his finger on and says, I'm going to bring to pass my word in your life. And there's a bride in this age that have received the word of God for her age. There's a people that says that walk around like me, like you, Brother Tom, like others, the few others that are here, like those of you that are at home, all of those kind of things. There are people in this age that have said, I love the truth. Amen. Amen. You can't, I can't find truth on Fox News. I can't find it on CNN, ABC, CBC, NBC, CBS, whoever these guys are. I don't even know if I'm getting them right. Uh, all of these different channels and, uh, well, now there are clips on the Internet or different things. You can't find the truth there. It's hidden from them. They're just, they're just espousing, well, this is our idea, so we'll just go this direction. Or this is our idea. This is right. This is wrong. No, this is right and this is wrong. They got all these kind of ideas. But in the midst of it all, there's a bride. It says, I love the truth. I have been quickened by the truth. I am walking in the truth. I am, been, I am being made manifest into the image of the truth. Because my Lord is the way, the truth, and the life. He's changing me. The message did not come to produce believers in the image of a doctrine. The message did not come to produce believers in the image of the age. The message came to produce mature believers in the image of Christ who is the truth. Hallelujah. How can I, how can I bring this into reality into our hearts tonight? Lord, help me. Listen, folks. When God made the heavens and the earth... He knew that there would be mommies. He knew there would be moms. Okay? But the idea of what motherhood is has been corrupted. Found through the different ages. And it's been corrupted and corrupted. Till now in this age, people don't know what motherhood is. 
People don't know what a family unit is. People don't know what, what true parents are. People don't understand what a true home and order is. But let me tell you something. The truth has never changed. There is real motherhood. And it's found in the word of God. You might, might be some little mother out there going, I don't know if I'm doing a good job. Get into the word. The word will mold you into the image of a true mother. A father that might say, well, you know, I'm not a, a, a very good father. Get into the word. The word will produce the reality because it's the truth. Then you'll be a true father. You'll be a true mother, a true brother, a true sister, a true minister, a true deacon. Whatever it might is, whatever place that you're called to, the truth is what we are being molded into the image of. There's a people that are being molded to the reality of what God had in his mind before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. That's the reality of the message that we have seen. Till every part of the body, doesn't matter who you are, ministers to the body in truth. Because she is called to be the embodiment of truth. The truth is in her as it was in Mary. Now Mary probably didn't recognize it right away. She didn't, when the baby was born in the manger, she didn't, she didn't have the revelation, this is the truth. This is the way. This is the life. No, it was Jesus that had to come to the revelation of himself. Jesus who had to express who he was. She is called, this bride is called to be the embodiment of the truth as the truth was in Mary. Hebrews chapter 12. I was looking, thinking of this scripture. I was about to say, are you still with me? <laughs> There's not very many people can answer that. <laughs> I hope you're still with me at home. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 12 says, we are, we're familiar with this. Wherefore seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We often, we often read that and appreciate that. Then it goes on, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I hope those of you that are running the, the electronics are putting this up on the screen. Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then he says this. For consider him. Who is he? The way, the truth, and the life. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. He was the truth. Everything Jesus did was right. Everything Jesus did was in order. He never made a mistake. He was always Correctly, the word manifested in this hour. So it says, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners, who the unbelief all around him, against himself, against the truth, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Don't be worried. There's lots of unbelief all around you. There's lots of people that don't like what you believe. That don't like the way you live. 
that don't like the word that you're manifesting, that don't like the truth that you are declaring in this age, and it is the truth. Oh, there's lots of people that don't like the message. Denominations don't like the message. Backslidden believers don't like the message. There's lots of people that say, oh, I don't believe the message because I can find fault with it, whether it be fault over here, fault. Then they find fault with Jesus. They found fault with Moses. They found fault with Elijah. They found fault with everybody. Listen, that doesn't make no difference who they find fault with. Uh, I, I, I said to one person when I was very young in the message, you know, they said to me, oh, well, you know, why don't you just lay that message aside and just take up your Bible and, and you know, just, just believe the Bible. And I said, well, I had the Bible all my life, but this message changed my life. And I says, but let me tell you something. I says, you go and live so much like Jesus Christ that I'll want to be like you. Not, not your argument, not your idea, not your doctrine, not your fault finding, you. Because the truth is a person. You go and live the truth. You go and manifest the truth. You go be a duplication of truth in this hour that will make me look at you and say, you know, whatever that person believes, I want to believe. And I have not, in all of my years in the message, found anything a greater example of Jesus Christ than William Branham. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I've looked for, I've watched, I've heard different preachers. I, I, I've listened to different things, not out of, out of interest to following something else, but more out of curiosity when I find out, well, somebody so-and-so is a great preacher. So I'll, I'll thought, well, this is the great preacher of the age. So I hear this is his great book. So I'll go and get his book and I'll read not very far into it. And then look, why would anybody follow this? And I put that book away. And, and well, well, this one's the great preacher of the age. Maybe he's got a clip on the on the internet or something, on the YouTube or something. And, and so I might watch a clip of his and go, "That's what they think is a great thing." I'll tell you what, they can keep their great things. I found the truth. Hallelujah! I found the truth, and I, I, I've never found anything in comparison. And I'm not trying to pump up the tires of the message. Okay, what I'm trying to say is, do you realize what you have in the message? Do you realize the realities? Of the mind of God that have been made known in this hour. Just waiting for you to discover them. Hallelujah. It's, it's like a husband that leaves love notes for his wife. I, I listened to a man tell a story about that one time. He says, you know, I wrote, uh, I wrote little love notes all around the house. He says, you ever want to please your wife? He says, write little I love you things all in a little piece of paper and hide them all over the house. He says, your wife, your wife will find them for years. And she'll think you're great. <laughs> so there's a little advice, brothers. But anyway, he was talking about, you know, how, oh, every time she finds, oh, isn't that so sweet? You know, he left me a love note. She didn't realize it was two years old. Been sitting there in the drawer and she'd never seen it yet. But, you know, he was just thinking that he was the greatest thing. But it's greater than that. Laying right within the message of the hour, God has hidden himself. Just waiting for you to discover the things that he's given you. The realities that he's given you. Oh, I was thinking about it yesterday. I was talking about divine healing yesterday to some brothers. And I, I was just saying, you know, listen, do you realize that he, the, the healer come before the, the sickness? God was a healer and he wanted to express himself as a healer. Therefore, he allowed sickness to come to pass so that he could express himself as a healer. So in other words, if there was no healer, there could be no sickness. Hallelujah. Let that revelation come down into your hearts. If there was no healer, there could be no sickness. 
because it was because God was a healer that he allowed sickness to come into manifestation so he could express himself as a healer. Hallelujah. So if you're sick tonight, you got to realize, listen, there was a healer before you could ever have that sickness. Amen. God is your healer of all your sicknesses and diseases. Amen. First Peter five says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom? Resist. Steadfast in the faith. The devil's devouring many in this hour. Strong delusion. Lying spirits everywhere. All kinds of things that people are so confused in their minds. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Hallelujah. I'm going to bring this to a close here. When Jesus, Brother Bram talks about three manifestations of Jesus. And he says, I had a quote here that I wanted to close with, and I thought for some reason it got deleted. But he, in Christ revealed in his own word, he says, he says, first there was Melchizedek. He says, when Jesus was manifested in the Old Testament in a theophany in the person of Melchizedek, not a priesthood, but the person, the man. So he always goes to, it's a person. He says, then he was actually made human flesh and dwelt among us in the person of Jesus Christ Himself, born of the Virgin Mary. He come in that form so that He could die and then went back to heaven. And upon earth today, He has manifested Himself in the human bodies, our human bodies, that He has called and done exactly the same thing He done in sundry time. And in the times of his flesh upon the earth. And doing the same thing today. Because God in sundry times spoke to the fathers through the prophets. In the last days through his son Jesus Christ. The son being revealed in the last days. Who's the son? I am the way. The truth. And the life. So the truth being revealed in human bodies in the last days. God manifested in human flesh just before Sodom's destruction, the end of the world. We've come to the third part of God's manifestation. We're here now. In the first part was Melchizedek in the time of Sodom. Jesus says, as it was in the days of Sodom, so will it be in the revealing of the Son of Man. All right? God was manifested there in Melchizedek. God appeared on the plains of Mamre to Abraham and made himself known. Abraham counted that. Whatever he said was the truth. He discerned Sarah in the tent behind him. We saw that manifestation in this day. Brother Biscoe's been sharing the testimony of the eyewitness accounts of being in the ministry of Brother Brown. These things are not just nice supernatural events. 
This is the manifestation or the revelation or... uh, English words are so poor sometimes. The declaration and the, the appearance of God Himself in this generation. Say, now I've come down to fulfill my word. Part of it is everything you see out there. All of the lies and everything going on, lying spirits, all kinds of delusion, every, nobody knowing what's truth anymore. That's for the world. And that's got to happen. That's the plague. That's the mind realm. That's all of those things that are taking place. But in the midst of that all, there is a people that recognize like Abraham, this is Elohim coming, walking right down into our midst now. This is the truth. This is the reality of God. Amen. As I think Brother uh, Tom mentioned on Sunday about we are invited to come and take his character. By having his character in you, it molds you into the same mind that he was. Let this mind be in you. And his mind was always to do what the Father had ordained him to do. I could go many places right now. We could talk a lot about a lot of things. But now I just want to say a couple things uh, before I close. I don't know when I'll preach again. Maybe we won't ever have to preach again. That would be a wonderful thing. Maybe the end is so close. But I just want to say the devil has a lot of tools in this age to inundate people's minds. It's the mind realm. Brother Brown said that's where the battle is. That's where the onslaught is. And particularly you, young person, I'm talking to you. You're the one he's trying to get. You're the one that he wants to get a hold of your mind and and twist it so that truth has no place. But there's only one truth. And he is the truth. And let your mind be consumed with the truth. Now let me read you something here. Brother Branham, 1959. Jehovah of Miracles. He says, the musicians can come as I I read this. He said, the appearing of the angel frightened the little virgin. She had been taught that the days of miracles was past. But she had seen something happen. The angel told her, Hail Mary, Hail means to stop. He had a message for her. When an angel comes, he's got a message for you. And the Holy Spirit, God's angel, is here tonight with a message for every believer. Just keep him on your mind. Keep thinking about him. How lovely he is. How sweet he is. Of his promises. If you're sick, get this on your mind. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of his pe- my peace was upon him, and with his stripes I was healed. Keep your mind centered like that. See, there's something for you to do. Now, this is not talking about the new birth. This is talking what you allow into your mind. Keep your mind centered on that. Keep your mind like that. Something will happen to you. All of a sudden... There'll be something drawn nigh to you. An anointing will come upon you. And out of that chair you'll go. Draw nigh unto the Lord. And He will draw nigh unto you. What is it? 
keep your mind. The right mental attitude towards any divine promise will bring it to pass in your life. The devil wants to destroy people's minds and he's largely accomplishing it in this hour. Why? Because God said you can do it to bring the prophecy to pass for the last days. But there's a bride. Hallelujah. There's a bride. There's a people that are in love with the truth. And they love nothing but the truth in their life. Hallelujah. How great is our God. Brother Nathan, could you help me to sing that? How great the the splendor of his of the king robed in majesty I want you to think about that this tonight how great is the God that has come by your way how great is the God that has declared his word to you that you could be quickened by it how great it is that he chose me Mary must have thought about that all the days of her life even in the temple as eight days later Jesus was prophesied over the Bible says she kept these sayings in her heart it was a reality to her No matter what anybody else had to say, no matter what negative came against this baby, she knew it was God. It was God. Amen. How great is our God. The splendor of a king. The splendor of a king. Clothed in majesty. All the earth rejoice.
can touch my heart like you do. say thank you in this age of deception thank you for truth oh God let truth be our nature let it be our driving force let it be our goal our ambition let it be encamped all around us oh God truth the mind of Christ the realities of God. The contradictions of sinners don't matter. They've gone their way. They've forsaken your word. Maybe there's still one or two out there. Maybe there's a few. Like Abraham pleading for Sodom. Or maybe there's ten righteous. That you would spare it. That you would hold off the destruction. Until Lord those few would come in. I believe you would, Lord, because you said you would to Abraham. And I believe you're not going to lose one, oh God. We're doing what we can, Father. We feel insufficient, but we're doing what we can to get the truth out. To find somebody that's interested in truth, Lord. The truth. You, the truth. Lord, help us, anoint us. Keep us zeroed to the cause. Lord, we know that you'll, you'll encourage us along that way. Lord, be with those that are streaming on the internet tonight. At home, maybe they've had a weary day. Many, I think all are still working, Lord, and it's still a Wednesday night. And Lord, bless their homes. Lord, the devil wants to creep in through devices 
Lord, they're even streaming this service over a device, whether it be a computer or a phone or iPad or something, Lord. They're watching it. Don't let the devil pervert the use of it, oh God. Don't let him fill their minds with something, Lord, that it will distract them from the truth. Lord, you are the truth. Lord, I save in my own self, Lord, everybody in this place, Lord. We might be in a church tonight, Lord. Let us not be distracted. Let us not be pushed aside to the right or to the left, Lord. But center our thoughts on you, O oh God. Keep us, Lord, in your mind. Lord, it's not our, our ability. It's our surrender. We give ourselves to you and we pray, Lord. You said the footsteps of the righteous are ordered of you. We give our footsteps to you. Lord, appoint our ways. Lead us in your righteousness. We give this service to you now. Ask your blessing upon each and every one. We thank you for your mercies in our life. We thank you for the many blessings we enjoy. So many good things you've done for us. Lord, we love you. And we commit ourselves to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. It's, I'm glad you've been streaming this service tonight. We don't do it except out of love for our Lord Jesus Christ. We're not here to be seen. We're not here to be somebody. But we love the Lord. And we love His Word more than anything. God bless you. God bless your home. God bless your family. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.